On this week's edition of Magic Memories, Dennis Scott sits down with Dwight Howard to discuss the early days of his Magic career, including getting drafted, becoming an All-Star, and participating in the Slam Dunk Contest, becoming Superman, the finals run in 2009, and a little word association with some of his favorite teammates. So get ready. The Magic Memories podcast starts right now. We're here in Swanee, Georgia. First of all, Dwight, appreciate you letting us in here to talk about some great moments. When you were 18 years old mm-hmm. and you heard the opportunity, you could leave straight from high school to go to the NBA. What was going through your mind? I couldn't wait. It was like a big dream of mine to be able to make it to the NBA, be the first pick in the draft. And you know, I remember when the Magic, you know, got the draft, the first pick. And I was like, man, I'm, I think I'm going to be going to Disneyland, Disney World. Right. And that was the only thing on my mind. Like, man, I get to go to Orlando, play for the Magic, go to Disney World every day. And I was like, man, I'm going to have so much fun. I can't wait. Take me back to that workout you had for Orlando. Mm-hmm. There are some rumors that a young 18-year-old went up to the backboard and did something special. Yeah, uh, it was crazy. Um, the workout... It was pretty intense, but when I finished, I was like, man, I got to show them some extra stuff. So I started jumping and trying to touch the top of the backboard and came pretty close to the top. So it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty cool, man. It was something I always remember. Now, wait a minute. You did the workout. Mm-hmm. You go to sit down and you said to yourself, wait a minute. I got something special for y'all. And then you go try to touch the top of the back. I mean, how, where do you get that energy from? I never get tired. You know, I never get tired. So I, I didn't even sit down. I just, after the workout, Shook everybody's hand and went up, and, you know, did the, the Superman, well, not the Superman dunk, but the, the tap the glass dunk right. for everybody. And it was, it was pretty cool. Draft night, it's a lot of speculation, but deep down inside, you knew you were going number one. Well, I was Once a little you nervous. Once you the name call, what went through your mind? I was a little nervous, no lie. Okay. I was nervous, uh, but I remember the suit I picked out was similar to the Magic Colors. So I was like, man, I got to go. I got to be the first pick. And I remember uh, sitting down and um, one of the other guys who was in the draft said, man, you ain't got nothing to worry about, you going number one. And I was like, you think so? He was like, man, I know so. And I was like, man, this is crazy. But I didn't believe him. And so then uh, right before David Stern came out, uh, my agent came to me and he said, hey, when David Stern calls your name, give your mom a kiss, give your dad a big hug and go on stage. So he came out, I got real nervous. And he said my name and my dad hit the table. <laughs> Boom! Like King Kong. Right. I was like, man, he just went crazy. My mom started crying. And you know, it was just like, wow, man, this, my dream has finally come true. You get to Orlando, take me through, because I know the first time I got there was a whole bunch of heat soon to get off that plane. Mm-hmm. But take me through that warm welcome and how it made you feel. It was like a brand new world. You know, I had never been to Florida like that. And, you know, coming from the small school in Atlanta, I never saw anything, you know, like that. You know, so when I got off the plane and they took me on this this uh, limo, okay. I remember the limos were old school stretch limos school. with the boomerang in the back that had the Orlando Magic tag. Nice. And I was like, man, <laughs> this is it. I'm really here. And the first thing I could think about was going to the movies. You know, so I <laughs> you went, wanted to go to the movies. I wanted to go to New the contract, movies. New contract, number one pick. You don't want to hang in the city. I want to go to the movies. That's, that's what I wanted to do, and I just enjoyed it. I was in Altamont Springs, and I remember mm. a lot of fans saying, hey, man, welcome to the city, man. And it was just a crazy experience. 
What made you want to gravitate to the community? Because a lot of us, we come to a new city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk about community, but you were a little different. You really connected to the city of Orlando. Well, it was just when I got to the team, you know, everybody was, Orlando was like the, the laughing stock of the league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people would enjoy going to Disney instead of coming to the game. So uh, the first thing I wanted to do was get out in the community and let the fans know, like, hey, we finna start something here in Orlando that hopefully will last forever. Right. And we wanted to change the name and what people in the city and people away from Orlando were saying about the team. Because I remember going to the mall and walking through the mall and somebody said, yo, he played for an Orlando Tragic. And I was like, wow. I said, okay, we got to change that. And uh, just getting out in the community and the more I did it, it was like, man, this feels so good to connect with everybody. And I just remember you know, doing like crazy events like pop-ups where mm-hmm. I would tweet, hey, everybody, uh, tomorrow we're going to have a big barbecue. Come out and let's have some fun. And those memories will last forever. Those memories now take you to 08 and you be a part of the Olympic team. Mm-hmm. Take me through that experience, how being a part of the Orlando Magic and representing the Magic during the Olympics. Man, that was an unbelievable experience. You know, um, going to the Olympics, being in China, um, the big crow's nest and just walking through the crowd and, you know, all that stuff was amazing. And the only thing I kept thinking about was, man, after we get this gold medal, we got to get this championship. This is, this is what we need in Orlando. And I couldn't wait to get back and experience a new season with my teammates. And I remember telling my team, man, I wouldn't trade them for nobody. This is my <laughs> squad. I love y'all. And, you know, I carried that gold medal around every day. And I was like, man, this is what I want for our team. And, you know, we came close, but we didn't get it. So with that being said, though, so OA, you're part of the Olympics. It gives you confidence. You come back to that season. You're off to a great start in 09. Everything is going great. Your best friend, Jameer, goes down. What's mm-hmm. going through your mind then? I was hurt, you know, for Jameer. I thought he had one of the best seasons of his career. And I want to say he was an all-star that year. That's right. And also uh, Rashard and, right. and Hito. And that kind of hurt me to see Jameer go down because I know he had worked so hard to get to where he had got to as a player. And bam, shoulder injury. And that's one of the toughest things to go through as a player is you're having a really good year, everything's going the right way. Then all of a sudden, it's something that you can't control is an injury. And you know, it hurt, you know, but we tried to fight through. And, you know, I thought we ended up pretty good. We just didn't finish. After talking to Otis and Stan, y'all were a close knit team. Mm-hmm. He makes the trade for Rafe Austin. How was that trade so important to keep y'all close together? It was just Rafer's, his, his swag, you know, yeah. his personality. Like, he just, the New York swagger, you know, the way he talked, you know, the fun he had on the court, and, you know, his leadership skills on the floor. You know, I remember that game where I think he had, like, 40 points mm. in, in, the, in the playoffs, and he carried us one game, and it's like, man, this is, I'm playing with Skip to my loop, and I just remember watching him on and one dribbling, yes. Yes. going crazy, mm-hmm. and now he's my teammate. You know, he was, I would say him, I mean, Anthony Johnson, mm-hmm. you know, were really like the two guys. And I remember that year we went to the finals, uh, 
we would usually have a, a team dinner before we started the playoffs. And, you know, we were all sitting down, you know, talking about how much this would mean if we win the championship and how hard we got to go to get that goal. And it's going to take all of us. Right. You know, it doesn't matter if you play one minute or 30 minutes. Right. Everything is important right now. And I remember Anthony Johnson, you know, he stood up and he started crying. You know, he said, man, ain't no friends. This other team is trying to end our season. And he just started crying. Right. And it was so touching right. that it just inspired us like, man, this is it. Like, right. all we got to do is win 16 games. Right. And that's what inspired us to keep going. And the bus rides, the plane rides, all that stuff was just uh, centered around winning the championship. With that run, let's, let's go through the Philadelphia series. Mm -hmm. Game one. Take you through it. Take you through it. Man, game one was tough. I remember that game like it was, like it just happened. <laughs> right? I know, I know, so, I know. When it hurts, it hurts. Man, um, I want to say it was a close game from the beginning. Um, and Philly just seemed like they had our number that night. And then they hit the shot. I think it was Iguodala? Yeah, hit the shot and he sealed the game. And, you know, I remember going back to the locker room and the fans were so hurt. This fan actually threw one of the little clappers at me, and I ducked out the way. And I was like, "Oh, like we gotta win now. We gotta win." And you know, it was, it, was a, it was a fun series. And when we lose that game, and everybody's like, "The series is over with." Game two, what happens? Game two. Who? We're back at. We're still at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Things are going well. Get the big win. Now then, let's, go, let's go to game three. In Philly. Philly is one of the toughest places to play. And Samuel Dallenberg, I don't know what he, him <laughs> and Theo had going on, but right. they were really getting under my skin. Mm -hmm. And it finally got me in game six. Mm -hmm. No, game five, I think. And me and Samuel got into it. And I got ready to throw an elbow. And I hit him a little bit. And oh, a little bit. Yeah, I hit him a little bit. I, a little bit. As I was going, I kind of said, I'm tripping. Yourself a little bit. Yes. Okay. And I hit him. Okay. And then I was like, man, why did I do that? And I'm thinking to myself, like, I can't do this for my team. And I get suspended. And yeah, we were in Philly playing game six. And I remember Rashad saying, man, I don't know how we're going to win without you. We need you, big fella. We just gonna wait to game seven. I said, fellas, listen, y'all gotta win this game tonight. Game seven, anything can happen. We could miss all our shots. Something might not go right. Let's win tonight. Y'all can win without me. I'm watching, I'm tweeting. That's the first time I got on Twitter <laughs> was during game six. And um, we closed it out. You know, I was so happy and proud of, you know, Hito. He had an amazing game, Rashard. It was, it, was, it was unbelievable. Did that experience kind of bring you all closer together, ready for round two? It but did. Now you're getting ready for Boston. Oh, yeah. And that was a tough series. Tough you series. Know, we got, Paul Pierce talking trash. Oh, yeah. Y'all don't want none of this. Take me through that series. Oh, man. It was, it was crazy because I think KG was also hurt mm -hmm. and Jameer was hurt. Yep. So you got KG on this side and Jameer on this side. And, 
every time somebody score, you see KG get up, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see Jameer, yeah, yeah, we're going to walk y'all down. We're going to yes. walk y'all down. So they going back and forth, and we're on the court like, man, this is a tough battle. Me and Kendrick Perkins are going at it. Man, it was like every position, you know, was like crazy. And I remember one game where Skip got upset and he hit Eddie House <laughs> in the head with the headband. Right. His headband spun around. We talked about that for yeah, a long right. time. You're probably still talking about it. Yes, that. yes. So it was just, man, that series, I think it really brought the best out of us. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it really prepared us for the series with the Cavs the next, the next round. We knew if we got past Boston, we knew we could, we could beat the Cavaliers. Game seven, though, mm -hmm. was a blowout. Oh, yeah. It wasn't close. Now, obviously, KG's hurt your mirror, but it's a blowout. How do you go into the garden and blow out the Celtics? Well, the thing was, we knew that if we would have won that game at home, mm -hmm. that that next game would be a treat for us because uh -huh. we came back in that mm -hmm. series. We were down, and it's kind of like we took their heads mentally. Mm -hmm. And... Like I said, that experience really helped us because being down against Boston, having to go play a game seven in Boston with that crowd is crazy. Mm -hmm. And for us to go in there, mm -hmm. not worry about anything, right. and win was very tough, very tough. Now the Kings coming. He's rolling, feeling mm -hmm. good about himself. What's going through your mind as being the young superstar that you are, LeBron being the superstar that he is, but you're saying it's my turn. Well, the thing that really got me upset was uh, there was a puppet uh, commercial that was going on between LeBron and Kobe. That's right. I so do remember that commercial. They were always talking about LeBron and Kobe in the finals, and they already had the, the, the puppets ready. And I remember a fan for the Magic, they made me a puppet. And they said, no, nah, this is going to be the Magic versus the Lakers in the right. final. Right. And uh, just playing in that, uh, and actually, I got him right uh. here. <laughs> <laughs> I got him right here, I'll never forget this Love guy. it, so that's going on. So a fan <laughs> makes that for you. Does that kind of just motivate you even more? It, it did. This city is supporting the It did, game. you know, and every game I remember when we would fly back from Cleveland, it was tons of fans at the airport waiting on us and, you know, just pushing us like, y'all got this, y'all can win this series. And, you know, playing in that arena, mm -hmm. it was like, man, I could feel it. I could feel it like, I don't, understand, I don't think people really understand that feeling is when you got 20,000 people mm -hmm. and they all want you to succeed and then you got a whole city behind you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I talk about this all the time to every team that I've been on. That experience in the finals, that experience in the playing the Cavaliers and how all the fans were, I could see the whole city just turn around mm -hmm. where you got people driving with the Orlando Magic flags and all my teammates and I were, were going places to eat and everybody's like, man, food is on us. Don't worry yes, about nothing. Yes. <laughs> and it was just a crazy, awesome feeling. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, this is it. This is it. This is our shot. And I was not going to allow that LeBron Kobe commercial to really happen. And our team, we fed off the energy from last round. Mm -hmm. And when we played the Cavs, every game was like they was ahead the first, the first quarter. And none of us ever panicked because we just went through the toughest series we could ever face against Boston. So we knew 
that we could walk this team down. We just had to stay composed. And I remember one game, I think we were down by 19 or 16 points. Mm -hmm. And we got to the huddle, coached all the time out. And none of the guys was pointing fingers and saying, you need to do this, you need to do that. Everybody was like, yo, we got this. We're going to win this game. Mm -hmm. Don't even sweat. We told coach, don't sweat. And I remember coaches like, he was so, ah, what? what are you guys doing? Ah. I said, right, I said, coach, 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 drink some water, man. You all right? We're going to win this game. We end up winning the game. Uh, then LeBron hits the shot to, to win, win that game in Cleveland. Like, man, we ain't got to worry about that. We're going to go home, take care of business and go to the finals. Did it make you feel weird at the end because everyone talked about you trying to be a good sportsman to go shake LeBron's hand and mm -hmm. Brown rushing off? How did that make you feel? Well, at the time, I was a little upset. Mm -hmm. But then I realized, like, man, if I just got into a, a boxing match with somebody and they beat me up pretty bad, right. I'm not going to want to go shake their hand. Right. So I kind of understood, you know, people say good sportsmanship. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. LeBron, you know, he sent me a message after that. And he said, hey, ma'am, I was just really upset. I don't want you to think that I was mad at you or anything, but we just lost. And, and I totally get it because I don't know anybody that's a happy loser. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's Especially right. when it gets that close to being in the finals, you know, everybody's upset. And it's very hard, you know, I know for myself to go and shake somebody's hand mm -hmm. when I got to watch them have a chance to win a championship, and I don't. You know, so... I got it. I wasn't upset after that. In 95, game seven, in the arena, we beat Reggie Miller and the Pacers. We're dancing around. We're excited. And we had owned the Houston Rockets that season. Then the finals come along. Get off to a fast start. Everything's going good. And then we found a bump in the road we never could get over. What did you learn from the Cavs series that prepared you for Kobe and the Lakers? But then a few little bumps in the road, you lost some of your confidence. Take me through game one and then the rest of the series. Well, I think uh, the thing that, that got us is um, it was a new experience for all of us. Mm -hmm. And we were so excited. It's like you hold it something so tight that you just, it just falls out your hand because you got it so tight. Instead of just like, man, this is it. This is the moment. And for us, it was like, we in the finals and it was kind of like a different experience because we're in the arena and they got the big finals basketball on the yep. court they got tons of media everywhere and you know all of us is like wow and then we're playing a team that has experienced all this mm -hmm. and they got a great coach who's he he's won championships and it's like man they know this and we're kind of like the team that the young pups playing against the old the old dogs and, you know, it was a great experience. But the game that, that turned, the, turned the corner for the Lakers uh, was, and I hate to talk about it, Courtney Lee missed the layup. Oh, that's part of the game with game two, right? Yeah. yeah. And we thought we had it. We felt like we would have won that game. Mm -hmm. We would have had enough momentum to go home. You're going home on Monday. Right, right, and, and win the series. And then the dagger, it, it was just like, Every shot they made was a dagger. I think we're down. We won the game at home. Game three. And take us through game three, because one thing that your team did 
that our 95 team didn't do. We got swept. Mm -hmm. Take us through that experience of game three, getting a win, getting the whole arena going crazy. Because I didn't get a chance to experience that. It was just the atmosphere. Like, I remember uh, just running out from the tunnel. Mm -hmm. The song they played, it was a Lil Wayne song. And um, it just had me, like, in this zone where I'm right. like, yo, I, this is it, this is it, right. this is it. Right. I feel it, like, right. I literally is in the huddle crying, like, man, I, I, I want to win so bad. I'm putting towels over my head. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, this is the moment, man. I'm looking at all the fans, and they're like, this is it. And we win that game, and it was like, man, they just went to another level, and we couldn't really recover. And the the last game, it seemed like every shot that they had mm -hmm. went in, right. and then Derek Fisher shot, Kobe he he made a shot. He went to the basket, went up, came back down, went back up, and then went to the side and shot it. And I said, man. This man is doing too much stuff, man. We might not have a chance to win, but I'm like, man, we, we got to stick together. But that dagger was a Derek Fisher shot. That kind of like killed everything for us, and it was like hard to recover from that. What made you and Jameer sit there on the bench and watch them celebrate? Uh, well, I know when I was in high school, um, we went to the state finals and we lost one year. And our coach made us sit and watch the other team celebrate. And what that did, it just motivated us to get in the gym, get better, and come back and try to win it next year. And we did that. And uh, when me and Jameer did it, it was kind of like the same thing. You know, we're watching these guys celebrate. And it's like, man, we don't ever want to feel this way again. But we, we lost at home. And uh, it was hard. It was the hardest thing to do. And, you know, I remember after we did that, went to the locker room, I went home, and I probably didn't sleep, eat, or do anything for about a day and a half. Right. And I was like, man, that was the moment. That was the moment. And, you know, I felt like we lost it. Let's have a little fun for a second. Mm -hmm. I think it's your third year, you're going to the All-Star Game, getting ready for the dunk contest. What's going through your mind as a youngster, you're finally an All-Star? <laughs> to be honest, man, I was just like, man, this is so new to me. I didn't, I didn't know what to think. Right. You mean you're watching the NBA, you're watching all the yeah. game, but now I'm in the it. game, uh -huh. and then you're saying I'm going to be in the dunk contest. Correct. I, I can't dunk. Take, take me through that. I never make an all-star game. And and, so it's like, is Dwight doing too much? But you handle all of it. But see, it was like the experience was so new, and I was like, man, I just want to try everything. Like, I want to be in a dunk contest. I want to do the three-point shootout. I want to do all. I want to do everything. And it's like, this is something that, as a kid, you know, I remember right before the draft, I was watching Vince Carter do the dunk contest. And my dad was like, that's going to be you, Dwight. And I was like, okay. Okay, you're right. So I get to the dunk contest, and I had all these ideas that I've been practicing for years. Okay. And the sticker dunk. Do the sticker dunk. And How'd you come up with it though? Were you at home? Were you with your mom, your dad? Who were you saying? Well, actually, you know what? I was in, I, we was at practice. Okay. And um, one of my teammates said, since you jumped so high, why don't you just put a sticker on the backboard and then dunk it? And I was like, how would I do that? It was like, just jump, we'll throw you a lob, you put the sticker on the backboard and dunk it. 
So I was like, okay. And then our great magic staff, they came up with the picture right. and the face and all that stuff to put on the, the uh, backboard. And it was kind of a hit after that. Everybody wanted a sticker to keep. And I was kind of upset after that because Mike, I think Mike gave me like an eight. Dominique gave me like eight, and it was like, well, we didn't know what he was doing. Right. So I was like, okay, you get time. I got to come back. I got to come back and show him what's up. And then you come back, and you show him what's up. Did that motivate you to come back with more stuff to prove to the world that a seven-footer, an mm -hmm. athletic, can win the dunk contest and do stuff that little folks like? Well, see, it's crazy. I had practiced every dunk in the last, the, the three dunk contests that I did, I practiced them one summer and I said, okay, I'm gonna do this this summer, these dunks next summer, and then the next year do some more dunks. So I had it all planned out. And I remember uh, practicing for the dunk contest and my teammates was like, man, you should put on a cape and fly like you Superman. Oh, and, uh, so when your teammates gave you that idea? Yes, I think, I wanna say it was Carlos Arroyo. And he said that because it was him and Richard. Uh, we were, um, I used to always listen to Soldier Boy, the Superman oh, song. That's right, man. And I used to always do the dance. Yep. And so they started calling me Superman because I was lifting a lot of weights. And yep. it was like, man, you yeah, listen to the song. <laughs> you listen to this song all the time. You're always in the weight room doing right. the bench press. And I think uh, right before that, I had like jumped over Bo Outlaw in practice. So everybody was like, yo, you really like Superman. You got to do this. <laughs> so we're practicing dunks. And um, I put a tape down by the free throw line because I was like, man, I'm going to jump from the free throw line and just dunk the ball. And so uh, they was like, man, Jameer, you should stand behind the goal and just throw a lob. Jameer did it the first time in the exact same way I did it in the dunk contest. I did it in practice. And they was like, yo, that's the one right there. You got to do that one. And we go, to the, we go to New Orleans. I didn't have a Superman outfit. So I was like, how am I going to do a Superman dunk with no outfit? So my cousin, he goes to a costume store. The like night a before, party store or something yes, like that. Yeah, like Party City or something like that. Right. The night before, he finds me a, a Superman outfit. This Superman outfit had boots. No. Tights and everything. So we literally cut the tights off right. so it wouldn't show. So it looked like I had a onesie on. That's why if you look at the pictures, it looked like yes. it was that real was right tight. Way, right, right. So it was. And wow. he's like, yo, if you do this, man, this is it. This going to change everything. So I was like, all right. So I remember me and Jameer talking about it. I don't even think he knew I had the Superman outfit on. Take off the jersey and, you know, it was like the best feeling in the world, yeah. like capturing the, the, the audience attention and doing a dunk that's never been seen. When Orlando Magic told you that year you had 3.1 million votes, mm -hmm. most in NBA history, how did that make you feel? I was like, man, how did this happen? Like, I'm like, over Kobe Bryant, Yao Ming, LeBron James, I was in shock. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't do nothing but thank all the fans, you know, and I, that's like who I am, you know. Uh, as, a, as a basketball player, I love playing the game, but you know, the community and uh, the fans, 
you know, they mean a lot to me. Speaking of dunking, do you have any favorite in-game dunks that you can remember off the top of your head? Uh, the one against Tim Duncan, Ooh. Uh, which was like a, a buzzer beater. Mm -hmm. um, I've never had like an actual buzzer beater like where I would shoot a jump shot or something at the end of the game. Right. And I always wanted one. Right. So I was like, as a kid, you go up, you know, you like you get the ball three, two, one. That's ah, right. The crowd go crazy. That's right. But mine was a dunk over one of my favorite players, which is Tim Duncan. So I remember Coach drawing up the play, and he threw through the perfect pass. And I dunked. I was like, man, this is this is a, this is crazy. I I got a buzzer beater. You're smart. You were smart. This is the biggest you are now yes. back then. Too. And the it's crazy, like crazy part about it, I put the picture in my house because <laughs> I loved it. Like it was it was yeah. unbelievable. Yes. Um, but ah oh, man, that was. What about uh, the Drew Holiday dunk? The Drew Holiday dunk. I that was crazy because as Jameer. When he threw the ball in the air, mm -hmm. I was talking trash in the air. No. You were saying Drew, before you even caught the ball, you already talked trash. Once I caught the ball, I was like, get up. And then, boom. And it was like. He was flying. It was crazy. <laughs> I was like, man, did this really just happen? I went back and watched the video, and I just wanted to see the reaction from the other yeah. team's bench. Yeah. And under Eagle Dollar, he was like, oh, he almost stood up and had to catch himself. Yep. He's like, oh, man, I'm on the wrong team. Yes. And I know how he feel. Mm -hmm. So it was like, man, that was unbelievable. After you win the dunk contest, what's going through your mind? What is that feeling like? I was like, man, I think winning the dunk contest is just going to change my whole life. You know, that's how I looked at it. Like, this is something big. Like, Vince Carter won a dunk contest, Michael Jordan. You know, I'm in, I'm with these guys now. And I remember after that, everywhere I went, you know, everybody was like, yo, Superman, yo, Superman. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, this is, this is tight. You know, I meet with Adidas and they're like, yo, we're going to make you some Superman shoes. We're going to sell them. I'm like, man, I'm Superman. <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about like, yo, I'm really Superman now. Right, like, right. I literally went back to my room. I had the trophy and I played the Soldier Boy song all night. And all I kept doing was, you! That's all I kept doing. And I was like, man, this is an unbelievable feeling. Oh, man. All right, I'm going to say a name or two, and you say the first thing that comes to mind. He knew Turkaloo. The funniest, one of the funniest teammates I ever had. One of the best teammates I ever had. He don't turk it. <laughs> He's just so funny. Right. And, but he meant so much to me, you know. And I remember um, when we went to the finals and that whole year of practice, you know, Hito was just like this. He would do stuff that would have you screaming because it's like he didn't care right. about. He was so nonchalant, I would mm -hmm. say that. And he would always do this Euro step in practice and coach would get mad. Right. So he did his Euro step one day, He's, he does it, <laughs> and he shoots it real slow. And Stan says, he don't, if you do another Euro step, I'm gonna get you. So he don't comes down again. He does it, again. He does it slower. So he's like, huh. and we just stopped and just started laughing. I'm like, this guy is really crazy. But he was like, 
that guy that, you know, his English wasn't that good, mm -hmm. but he had everybody laughing. And he could shoot that ball. Mm -hmm. Great passer, too, right? Yes, great. One of the best passers. the passes. first three, four, four, five pick and rolls. Mm -hmm. Every game. Every game. Rashard Lewis. Rashard Lewis, he was the sniper. Sniper. And he was, man, that guy, man, just his, his swag, you know, he wasn't one of those loud guys, but, you know, he was very confident on the floor. And, you know, he, he really won us a lot of games. His confidence, um, his family, everybody, we were so close together, you know. And between Rashard and Tony Batie and Hito and Marcin and Jameer, it was like a big brotherhood. You know, every Monday night or Thursday night, we were watching football, was watching fights, and we just all wanted to be together. And, you know, Rashad was a big part of it. You know, I remember him telling me one day in the locker room, because uh, everybody was saying, I smile too much. You know, all the media was saying, you smile too much, you're having too much fun, you need to be more focused. So I tell the team, I'm like, yo, listen, this year, I'm not smiling. I'm going to be serious to white. <laughs> no more smiling. That's not Dwight. <laughs> and so my team is like, what? And so I try it for a week. Right. They all sit down and say, man, Dwight, you, got, you can't be like this. We need you to have fun. And this was Rashad. He said, man, when you smiling and having fun and enjoying yourself, mm -hmm. it make us feel better. Mm -hmm. He was like, when you come in the locker room and you cracking jokes and stuff like that, you know, it really makes our day. We enjoy coming to the gym and being around you. So don't stop being who you are. And I'll never forget that. The relationship with a backup center and a starting center sometimes can be a little tricky. Mm -hmm. And you and Gortat wasn't that way. That was my guy. He, he pushed me to be the player that I am today. Um, mm -hmm. Remember when he first came to the team, you know, he would count every time I dunked on him. And he would say, you know, Dwight, I'm going to make sure that you don't dunk on me as much you this got time. Spot on. Uh, he kept saying that. Right. He said, today's three times. Tomorrow, no, not happening. And we will always go at it. And he really helped me get to that next level because I'm playing against somebody that's taller than me, mm -hmm. pretty strong. Yeah. He's athletic, you know what I'm saying? And we would battle every day in practice. And it made him better and it also made me better. You know, so our relationship was so close. He called himself the Polish Dwight Howard. Right. And, you know, he would walk around the locker room like me with a shirt off, showing his <laughs> muscles. And it was like, this was my twin. Right. You know, he was a great guy, man. And, you know, we, we had a really good bond. <sighs> Jameer Nelson. Mir Mir. We came in together. That's right. And, you know, uh, I had watched him my whole high school senior year and I'm like man who is this Jameer Nelson every time I turn on the TV I see him right. and he's cooking and we go to the Naismith Awards I get a chance to meet him not thinking we're going to be teammates right. he gets drafted and they trade him to Orlando and I'm like man it's just going to be me and you we got to turn this thing around and man he's like a big brother big brother a real a real a real big brother, and he's uh, very special. We had our we had our moments, uh, but 
everything between me and him is all love. Old and new, big fella, I appreciate you. Yes, Keep sir. smiling, don't change, and, and once again, play till you get tired. Yes, sir. Well, <laughs>